Hi, I'm Siggy, born and raised in St. Catharines, Ontario, and now living in the nation's capital of Ottawa. I'm Richie Valdez. I was born in Kitwe, Zambia, and grew up in Mississauga. I work and play on the treaty lands and territory of the Mississaugas of the Credit. And I'm Jezzy, born in Manila, Philippines, raised in Toronto, Canada, and schooled all over southwestern Ontario. You're listening to the Holo Holo Podcast, a delicious mix of pop culture and the Filipino-Canadian life. Before we start our podcast, we'd like to acknowledge the lands we're podcasting on. For thousands of years, Indigenous peoples inhabited and cared for this land and continue to do so. And in particular, we acknowledge the territory of the Anishinaabek, the Huron-Wendat, the Haudenosaunee, Ojibwe Chippewa people, the land in this home to the Métis, and most recently the territory of the Mississaugas of Credit First Nation, who are direct descendants of the Mississaugas of the Credit. And I'm podcasting from the traditional unceded territory of the Algonquin and Anishinaabek people. In the month of June, Filipino-Canadian Heritage Month, the Hala Hala podcast will be a host to fellow Filipino-Canadians as special guests. On today's podcast, Mm. we deconstruct being a member of Parliament with our own special guest, Reggie (laughs) Valdez, visiting in our Hala Hala podcast virtual studios for the second time. Now... It's Sunday morning. Reggie, we're so glad to have you here versus a late night in winter where we were up late at night. You had the Starbucks in hand going, boys, I'm ready to go. Uh, my earphones are in. Oh, my gosh. Welcome, Reggie. Welcome, Thank you welcome, so much. Welcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, welcome to the Hollow Hollow Podcast virtual studios again. And this time as the honorable member for Mississauga Streetsville. I just love that, right? So apologies <laughs> in advance if I just keep saying that title over and over and over we're again. We're so proud. We're I so proud. Mine. Yes, we're so glad that you <laughs> And as Siggy and I have done in the past, you know, just briefly remind our listeners, I know you did that in our introduction, but just briefly again, remind our listeners where you were born, where you grew up, and again, where you locate yourself today. Sure. I was born in Zambia, Africa. I play and live in Mississauga in the writing. Mm. And now Ottawa. I've added mm-hmm. that to the mix there, Siggy, yeah. which is yeah. awesome. And live in Canada. So very proud. We we're talking about how proud we are to live in this great country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, as you know, all our podcast typically starts with the classic question, what have you been consuming pop culture-wise? So while you think about that, I'm going to ask Sig. Sig, what have you been consuming pop culture-wise? Now, I love that right now I'm in the midst of people that consume pop culture, and we've talked about heists before from the 90s. Did you guys, I saw Fast Furious 10 on opening night. Did you guys know it was a two-part movie? No. no. I didn't know that it's a two-part movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's disappointing, because then I'm going to, that means we have to wait. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. You heard it first, folks. Right? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. exactly it. Now, I wasn't uh, expecting, like, I mean, Fast 9, they went to space. I was like, what's going on? But Fast X, you guys, Reggie, from your business, you guys need to go. Because yeah. I'm okay. telling you, even if your son wants to go with you, go take him. You'll love it. It was beyond. It was like adventure movie on speed. Like, you can name eight zillion cameos. They're in the movie. Oh, really? Everyone has a piece. Wow. And even at the end where it's just like, this is a cliffhanger. And then all of a sudden someone comes on, two people come on where you're like, how the heck are they back on? It is crazy. I don't want to give any spoilers, but I'm sure if you go on the internet, but yeah, two part movie, like what in the mission impossible is going on? Like this movie, <laughs> you know, the, the last time I saw some type of two part movie where exactly as Retchie's reaction was is disappointment was i remember seeing back to the future 2 and then it was mm-hmm. just left on this cliffhanger saying like coming back right and i know that they filmed that back to back with back to the future mm-hmm. 3 but it was just kind of like ah oh, i have to wait now to kind of see the conclusion mm-hmm. of all of this yeah. right so when is fast 
like 2024 or 2025. Oh, you like, gotta be kidding no, me. No, okay, listeners, all of us are throwing our heads up in annoyance. <laughs> this is no offense to Vin Diesel. We family, we Filipino yes, family, we're yes, part yes. of you. But yeah, just a heads up. But if you want popcorn fun, and this is what, it, it's almost like a Marvel mantle where I'm like, oh, right. they're playing for the high seats. They're playing for the nosebleeds, guys. Yeah, yeah. It was super great. The other thing that I've been watching, and this is just a comment, I'm upset that a lot of things are ending, like from yes. Ted Lasso, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and I just mm. finished Never Have I Ever, the final season. Such a great show. And also, too, you know me, you guys, representation. Betraya Ramakrishnan, the lead, is from, like, Markham, you know? Yes, that's and I right, just, that's pro, right, When yeah. I see her, and I know she's friends with Simu Liu, and I'm like, it's awesome. So, last season, super funny. It's super great. I know it's about high schoolers, but really, it's for adults, like millennials. I'm done. Like I finished it like in sa- <laughs> Well, I'm just like, I'm just doing work after hours. And all of a sudden I'm like, Oh crap. I just did episode seven and it's, Oh God. That's when Netflix says, are you still exactly. watching this exactly. series? And then yes. I have to wake up at five or 6am because Mac wakes up because I have to get him ready for school. So yeah, oh, it's, gosh, I warn you now, but Kuya, Rachi, what have you guys been in pop culture wise? I've been catching up on the Mandalorian season three and I just totally love it. And it's like, oh, how can I get back to Star Wars land back at Hollywood Studios in Disney World or Disneyland? And just so impressed with that series. You know, I know that there was some criticism about it, but I think at the end of the day, it's just to me an interesting study on single parenthood or single fatherhood. Yeah, like Mm. it totally is. And it's like, Oh, the mouse. Oh, Disney. You're so smart for having kind of thought to yourself, how are we going to get these 40 and 50 year old fanboys and girls? <laughs> in? And it's like, oh, yeah, they all have kids now. Let's have yeah, something exactly. on parenthood. Smart, Isn't yeah. it, Richie? It totally <laughs> is about parenthood, right? It's totally about parenthood. And I'm just like, it's parenthood in space and it's a parenthood in Western space. Exactly. We're like, it's like outlaws and stuff like that. And how are we going to deal with stuff? And it's like, stay here. It is like, don't touch and stuff like that. Anyways, I just love it. The other thing that just recently saw was Super Mario Brothers. And uh. I, I was dying. I was like, you know, I'm a kid of the 80s. And so all of those references, you know, from the power ups <laughs> to the star to Princess Peach and Donkey Kong. And then it was like, and I have to tell you, when I was playing Donkey Kong as a kid, I thought, okay, Donkey Kong's not like a mean, mean character and it's like after super mario brothers i was like wow i love donkey kong like donkey kong can have his (laughs) own own movie or series for that matter so it's just like oh and then there were like stingers and teasers at the end so it's just like okay clearly they're creating a franchise here and it's like (laughs) oh all of these kind of like full immersive experience watch the movie go visit super nintendo land and then kind of come back and then play the video game and stuff like that so that is what I've been up to pop culture wise. Rachi, what about you? What have you been up to pop culture wise? I'll be honest, I don't have the time to digest it as mm. much as I used to. Mm. But in terms of like most recent, when I had like a moment to like breathe, mm. my family and I, we watched the latest Guardians of the Galaxy oh. installment. I know. <sighs> and the thing is, it's like in my head, I, you know, whenever you're watching another. Yeah. Part. So mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm there and I'm like, oh, I don't know how they're going to make this better because I really love the first two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they level up and I'm like, WTF? Like, how did they just level me up again? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All these creatives, right? Yeah. Yes. Like, they know what they're doing. But if you haven't <laughs> watched it, I highly recommend it. It's, okay, good. It's focused on the story of the raccoon. So yes. as uh. opposed to like, 
normally they highlight like everyone, which they That's do right. in their own way, but it's actually this it's so powerful. You need to watch it. And then yeah. just on yeah, the we'll and on the Super Mario Brothers, yeah. It's not just like nostalgic. It made the characters alive in a different way. It gave them totally personality. Did. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. wait, what? And the thing is, <laughs> of course, like having the princess be the boss lady of the entire movie. Loved like it. I Love know. <laughs> like, are you kidding me right now? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Princess it's it's Beach. very empowering because she had to show Mario how it's done. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, totally was. I just love that scene when he's just kind of practicing, and they're at the end. And they're like, you know, oh, it took me time, and it's like, no, you got it like immediately. So, well, I kind of live in this world, right? And it was <laughs> of Princess Peach completely. And you're right; it gave them all an interesting backstory, and also a contemplation on parenthood, and specifically, you know, sons' relationship with fathers. I just thought, oh, that's really interesting, and kind of the message that they're trying to send younger viewers and stuff like that. Anything else that you've been into pop culture wise, Rachi? Just like finally a Netflix, because again, I try to squeeze that in when I can. Yeah, um, there's yeah. a series called Firefly Lane. Yes. I don't want to give it away, but I highly recommend it because it's the story of two best friends and mm. it intertwines their life at so many different stages, but they do it so magically where you get to know them so intimately and you fall in love with their different personalities because they're yeah. both very, very different people. And mm. then there's Selling Sunset, which mm. is like, it has blown up. <laughs> that show has just blown up. And then I think I watch it in this like awe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's the 4K video that they use to shoot or just like, and I'm like, how do you... I mean, it must take a lot of work <laughs> to look that good, like every single, and you know, like the slow motion, like I'm just going to walk into work it's and be so cinematic. Yeah, oh, I know. <laughs> and I'm like, no one looks like that. They just make it look so cinematic. It yes. actually kind of reminds me a little bit about The Hills. Do you remember The Hills? Oh, on, yes, it has that same feel. <laughs> yeah. It totally yes. does. It totally does. And I just think, yeah, exactly like you. It's like, I wish I can go into work looking so lovely and so yeah. put together. Instead exactly. of feeling so rushed get, getting to work it's like did uh, i get here on time you i know? wonder if they'll make another version and on netflix which is like the real selling sunset or like the real because oh, nice. <laughs> i'm like this is not you should see like normal life you know yeah like, I, half the time i'm like are my socks the same color or yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know what i mean like <laughs> that's right that's right it's <laughs> anyway i don't know that it's that glamorous but it somehow looks so glamorous anytime i've caught any of those episodes like oh my god this is so unreal and yet so gorgeous like I just know. gorgeous at mm -hmm. the same same time just so fun to watch well yes. speaking of work your work now has changed since the last time you were on the Hala Hala podcast and mm. it is so amazing that you've come and been so generous with your time and it's also so appropriate that you're a guest this month because you know not only are we been focusing on Filipino Canadian Heritage Month but also leadership in the Filipino Canadian community and so who better to talk to about leadership, <laughs> but the first Filipina woman elected as a member of parliament. And again, I'm going to just say it again because I like saying it. Is the <laughs> it sounds member so great. <laughs> for Mississauga Streetsville. I just love saying yeah. again, thank you for coming on. And like so much has changed. And yes. tell us, what's it like now being a member of parliament? And I really want to know what is a typical day like? I just kind of fantasize in terms of what Rechi Valdez is doing in a typical day. Well, no day is like the other and mm -hmm. i have to just say this because i think a lot of people don't know this the reason why i love this role so much is because where i struggled in the past was i never felt like what i was doing fulfilled me so mm -hmm. then it was like banking plus baking right. because 
I wasn't fulfilled fully in that role in corporate. So then I took my creative side and I like I hustled. Mm-hmm. In this world as an MP, I feel like I use every facet of me. Yeah. You know, yeah. I love to hustle and uh, the hustle is definitely there because when you're an MP, you have two lives. You live simultaneously. You serve constituents. So Mississauga Streetsville, that's 118,000 constituents. Right. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I serve all of them in my office in Mississauga, whether that's attending events, being there for them when they really need me, meeting them with their casework and such. And then I live another life, which is where I travel to Ottawa Monday to Friday. Right. And I'm mm-hmm. a parliamentarian and I have yeah. to work in the house. <sighs> I have to speak to house duty committees. Right. So imagine there's never a day that's like ever the same, but that leverages and uses every part of who I am. Yeah. You know, being a mom of two, you've learned how to be compassionate and Mm -hmm. patient with your kids. And so many, the things that I've learned through parenthood Mm. have actually prepared me for now. The things that Uh I learned being an entrepreneur, I'm basically running like two businesses and I'm technically a brand now because I used to manage brands, but now I'm a brand because right. it's me who my team supports every single day and it's my name. So all these different facets of who I am have prepared me for now. And even though it didn't make sense to me, like, mm, you know, how many years ago, it now makes sense. I'm like, oh, that's why I went through that so that I could be a better MP. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can totally see that. Like I can see how being compassionate and doing deep listening to understand the core issues helps your constituents out in your constituency office because people come in with high emotion. I'm, I'm sure at from time to time, not to say that they're emotional, but you know, whatever it is that they're bringing to you, they're hoping that it's going to be fulfilled or somehow fixed or somehow dealt with. And then at the same time, you call it like hustling, right? I just kind of think of it as strategic thinking and (laughs) community building and alliance building and stuff like that. And I would think every parliamentarian has to do that, right? Because it is about kind of bringing together all the ideas and then trying to figure out what's the best idea or what's a robust idea that's going to serve the greater good at the Mm -hmm. end of the day. And that is not easy. And that takes a lot of, as you say, hustling. And how incredible is that? And it's incredible that you're using all aspects of yourself. You must feel even more fulfilled than than you were before. And I know that when we talked last time, we were talking about that kind of moving towards creativity and entrepreneurship and putting those two things together. But this now just kind of also combines public service and community service and with the greater good as a goal in the end. Would you agree? That's exactly what it is. Yeah. 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 Tell us a little bit about how you made that switch. So the last time we were talking to you, creative entrepreneur, (laughs) and then boom, right? Like, never (laughs) but I know it's not boom. Yeah. No. Usually a gradual, like there's several steps in between, right? What were some of those several steps that influenced you to get into politics and to run and eventually be elected as the member of parliament? I think in summary, like when I got out of the nine to five bubble, being mm-hmm. in corporate, when you get out of this nine to five bubble where you, you go, you wake up, you go to work, you go to lunch, you like, it's literally like you do the yeah. same thing on repeat. Once you come out of it, which is what happened to me as an entrepreneur, you're like, wait, there's like more to this world. What do you mean? And, <laughs> and being a small business owner, I was able to meet so many people because um, I would meet with people through our booths um, at different events. And all of a sudden mm-hmm. I was like talking to people and then I was meeting other small business entrepreneurs. And then we were sharing our struggles or we were sharing, mm-hmm. 
like what we need to be successful. And so these conversations then started to develop this understanding for me that I'm like, oh my gosh, there's this greater need for the community, which is we need to unify. Okay. So when I became a small business entrepreneur, I became laser focused on community because then at least as I was running the business Mm -hmm. on the side, what I was doing was making sure Filipino businesses were supported. So I created like networking opportunities for us to gather and share, but most importantly, know who we need to go to. So instead of going to like going on Google and trying to find who do I go to? No, no, you know, X, Y, Z from this place that does this. So we can actually leverage each other's skill or product or service Mm -hmm. because we're all so freaking talented. So I was so obsessed and really motivated to bring people together and say, if we're able to unify, then together can be stronger. And what that does is it ultimately elevates us because if we stay in silos and stay separated, no one's going to know our collective voice, our collective geniuses. So that's what I started doing as an entrepreneur. And so then when the opportunity came up for me to run for office, Mm -hmm. it was like, I just... In my head, I'm like, oh my gosh, imagine the opportunity or the spaces I'd be able to go to, which will basically do what I'm doing now, but on a different scale and level. Mm-hmm. And so at the federal level, it's being the one single voice for close to a million Filipinos, third mm-hmm. fastest growing Asian population. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. damn, like mm-hmm. that is, so it's just, I'm not doing anything different, Jez and Siggy. I'm not. I'm actually Mm -hmm. doing the same thing I did before, coaching, mentoring, bringing community together, but the scale is much more different. It's much more larger. You know, recently, I think we saw you on your feed in Winnipeg, right? And just as you say, kind of sharing, resourcing, bringing people together. That is indeed your superpowers, like bringing people together. And I know that that's how we met you, kind of coming into community with you. And I'm glad that you're at this level. Because I think you're right. I think we have to kind of come together and level up. I mean, it's so ironic that we were talking about Super Mario Brothers, right? Like talk about leveling up. You're totally leveling up to the next level. And this is a perfect form to be able to do that, to unify the, what I would say, non-monolithic Filipino-Canadian community (laughs) across this nation in a lot of ways. It sounds like meeting people is probably one of the favorite parts of your day. Is that also fair to say? Yes, 100%. And I'm going to connect one more thing, which is you're probably wondering, okay, Richie, you, you, you're not baking anymore. So that was your creative outlet. So what is your creative outlet now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Tell us. And, and it's related to what you just said. Mm. It's storytelling. So right. social media <sighs> is now my only vessel of true creativity. And yeah. how I do that is the average person does not know what politics is all about. The average person does not know what policy is. But most importantly, a lot of people do not know the stories of small business entrepreneurs. They don't know Mm. the stories or the hardship of uh, different community organizations. So I use my social media as a creative platform Mm -hmm. to actually amplify the stories that are never, ever, ever told. Right, right. Um, And so that's what I do on a regular basis to get the word out in a creative unique way and you don't even realize you're learning about policy just by following me yeah i I mean certainly i'm getting updates at the same time but as you say through stories and what i always know about presentations and giving information is you can give a presentation you can give information in a brochure but the thing that lasts with people 
is the story. Like people will always remember mm-hmm. the story more so than the information. And if the information can thread in it, the story, well then bingo. That's kind of how, as you say, you you can get to educate people or get people to retain information. So I love that. And I could kind of tell I was being educated. Like I was like, oh, look, Retchie's talking about the, you know, how the Philippines now is part of the e- ETA. Uh, yeah, the ETA, right? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's big. That's, that's really super big. big. When you put it in, I got a text from my friend that works at IRCC and he's like, hey, did you see this? And then then it went everywhere. It's such a big piece. I know. it's That's exactly it. And it's being able to share and communicate in this really unique way. And the thing is, our world needs it right now because the average person is not watching. We don't digest news before it was in a newspaper or before it was on like, we all watch television. Well, we don't watch television anymore. We're on like YouTube or social media. That's right. So we have to be creative about how we convey information so that the average person who's on different, like a thousand different platforms can still be able to digest it. Yeah. And it's clear that you've got what I would call a dissemination strategy or social media campaign campaign or whatever whatever you would call it. But it's clear that the information is getting out, right? And the best part, I think, is is, is that it's being converted and understood in the right ways. Now, as a parliamentarian, I know that you have to do a lot of committee works. You have to sit on various committees or subcommittees, you know, talking about, as you say, policies and stuff like that. Is there a particular favorite committee that you're on that you're like, oh, I love going to this committee? I love both of my committees. So I'm on veterans Mm as well as agriculture and agri-food. The agriculture and agri-food part is just phenomenal because when I was an entrepreneur, so right before, I, I didn't even tell you guys this, but right before I was elected, I was about to open two brick and mortar locations. Oh, wow. Um, Two cafes, but the cafes were, again, going to be fusion, Mm -hmm. but focus on sustainability. I realized as an an entrepreneur, it's like, what are you doing with your business to reduce your carbon footprint? How are you sourcing locally? And so I actually, in Australia, they do such amazing a sustainability work with uh, with local businesses. So I was inspired by what they did. And I'm like, I want everything to be so before it was a thing. Mm-hmm. I wanted everything to be green. I wanted all my ingredients to be sourced locally so that I knew exactly which farm or what location <laughs> it came from. So oh, wow. when I'm I'm on the ag committee, I'm remembering what it was like being an entrepreneur and right. realizing that wow, Canada has like tens of thousands of farmers and thank you to all the farmers who literally mm-hmm. feed us every day. Mm-hmm. And so that's been like such an eye-opening experience. I'll never go to a grocery store ever the same ever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then of course with our veterans, it's just helping support our vets who basically have served our country and who have given us our freedom. And right. so mm-hmm. I have this profound appreciation for those two. Yeah. And that's why I love the committee work that we do every day. Yeah. When I think about the veteran work, I think that that's really important work too, because it is about not only just kind of protecting you know, what our listeners will hear in terms of the warm-up around our freedoms and stuff like that, but also that we owe a duty or have a duty to them, right? Mm -hmm. To help them because, you know, protecting our rights is not easy and in fact sometimes can be traumatic and we owe a duty to them to help them achieve post-traumatic growth or build resilience in their lives so that they too can enjoy the freedoms that we all enjoy. So I'm glad that you're on that committee and that you're supporting that committee. The other question that I want to know is, you referenced this a little bit earlier, what's it like being the pride of Filipinos across this country, (laughs) being in parliament? I mean, I'm sure it is both 
pressure-filled and also exciting at the same time. And I'm always mindful of the fact that like a person can't be all things to everyone, right? But I think you're mm. certainly doing an amazing job of it. Personally, what's it like? I guess that's what we want to know. It's very empowering. And uh, so as an MP, there's different what I call levers that you can leverage to empower people mm -hmm. and community. And so you're absolutely right. There's only one me. So it's like, it's literally impossible to be everywhere and mm -hmm. be everything for everyone. So I actually don't worry about all that. Yeah. And I become very targeted and focused on what I can do as right. opposed to worrying about what the hell I can't do. Because why right. worry about <sighs> that? So mm -hmm. one of the things that I've spent a lot of energy doing is because I am now officially the chair of the Canada Philippines Parliamentary Friendship Group. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And so starting last year, I kicked off the Filipino internship program. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. this year we have 11 youth from across the country who Wonderful. are, in, who are uh, serving in MP or senator offices. Mm -hmm. But what that does is it replicates youth to see what it's like and give them firsthand experiences, which for, yeah. I did not have, like mm -hmm. I did not have what they have right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're mm -hmm. actually able to see firsthand that they can have a different trajectory yeah. in their life so yeah. young. Yeah. And so what I'm trying to do is create opportunities for the youth to understand that they can also tap into this world if that's what they want, or yeah. at least at the bare minimum, realize what they can do in whatever field they are in and kind of level up to be leaders in society and be seen as respectable individuals who come with an array of different skills and talent. That's what I'm trying to reinforce because if I can do that one thing right, just as an example, mm -hmm. what that'll do is it will help the future. It'll just keep replicating itself over and over again, even right. after right. I'm no longer here. Right. Yeah, I think that that's really important because if you don't kind of create, if you will, the infrastructure for other Filipinos behind us, how are they going to be able to kind of also take up political life? So this is great that these, did you say that they were internships that have been yeah, created? Yeah, the Filipino internship program. The, the Filipino internship program. That's one way on how people can kind of figure out if the political life is for them. Do you have any other advice to other Filipino Canadians on wanting to become leaders or wanting to get into political life? So this internship program is one. Are there any yes. other advice that you would give to any of our listeners out there that might be contemplating <laughs> or even have a, a spark or a hint of it in their mind? Yeah, basically it's so simple. People don't even realize how powerful volunteerism is. Mm. There is so much, if you are able to volunteer with me, like feel free to volunteer with me, <laughs> volunteer in any capacity, whether the, oh, if there's a campaign in your area, getting involved, learning the process, right. or even volunteering within a local MP office or MPP. There's so many different levels of government, right? right. Volunteer to learn right. and participate. And then you'll also learn the power of why it's important to count your vote in. Yeah, yeah, uh, so true. Our voting is so low when it comes to municipal or provincial politics. We can still do more. Yeah. Everyone needs to realize how important it is for you to count your vote because ultimately that's the reason. It's a gift that we can vote. It's, we live in a democratic society. Some other countries don't even have, you don't have the ability to vote whatsoever. Yeah, but yeah, here we true. do. Yep. And so it's getting involved, starting early is really key and volunteering. And then of course, like if you see a job within, you know, an office of a parliamentarian or a po politician, go for it, like apply yeah. for those roles. Yeah. Because when you're working for someone, you can learn so much from just absorbing and being there and serving. 
Right. I think that that's great advice. I know that anytime that I have volunteered and done community service work, that is actually where I've become more, if you will, political or more aware. I think people think of politics as like just what you would traditionally see in the House of Commons and debate period and and those discussions that you see. But I think it's much more than that. I think what people don't see in the is all the legwork coming up to the debate, whether it's in lobby offices, whether it's in union offices, whether it's in parliamentarian offices whether it's in your local MPP office, all of that, just being aware of what are the issues locally, provincially, nationally, and why do we need to care about it? You know, and I'm just thinking to myself, we need to care because we, especially on this global stage, like this world that we're in right now, do we ever impact each other? And these forest fires in Quebec, for example, just prove of that, that it's not only just affected people in Ontario, it's affected people in the United States, of course. Yeah. And it just, you know, like maybe we should be concerned. We ought to be concerned. We can't just be kind of like only concerned about our lives. Our lives are indeed important, but we need to think about our community and our local community, our provincial community, our Canadian society at large. And so glad that you're doing all of that. You know, the other meditation that we've been having this month for Filipino Canadian heritage is very much thinking about leadership. And I think kind of your internship program is really about kind of promoting leadership amongst Filipino Canadians. When we were talking to Jen Barcelona in our last episode, she was talking about servant leadership, right? That is the approach that she takes. We're curious to know what's your approach to leadership and what's your theory on leadership? Yeah, everyone has a different take on what it is to be a leader. For me, it's, I'm a very different type of leader. I actually, I'll talk about just like tactically with the team that I have. Mm-hmm. I don't hire on, sure, if you have the experience, it's great. It's a bonus if you you have experience, if you have the knowledge, wonderful. But I actually hire on someone's ability to fit the team. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. being a leader, I believe in diversity of thought. Mm-hmm. And what mm-hmm. I want are not people who are just going to go, yes, Richie, yes. You know, yes. Yes. I want people to challenge right. the status quo, yeah. to get involved. I want mm-hmm. them to share their opinion. I don't actually do anything without saying, okay, team, let's get together. Let's, what do you think? What do you think? And I gather everyone's opinion and we vote. <laughs> on things. So being a leader for me really means inviting everyone in mm-hmm. to participate in whatever it is, making a decision, yeah. putting something together. Yeah. Um, and that's really like, it's empowering people to realize how powerful their individual voices are. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that comes with like what we talked about before is having compassion, yeah. um, having mm-hmm. the patience to listen. And because I'll be honest, in this world of politics, there's a lot of walls and barriers and right politics you know (laughs) it gets very tiring all the time but the thing is at some point we have to get past those things and say like we still have to work together yeah and how Mm. are we going to be able to work together if we're not listening to each other right and and coming up with that compromise all the time and finding the middle ground where we can all kind of meet right and i found that type of leadership style that i have has been successful because I'm trying to get people on the same page with me so that we're not butting heads with each other all the time, although it happens, but it's like Mm -hmm. finding that middle path. And it's a Mm -hmm. beautiful thing when you do, because in the end, when you achieve your goal, everyone is a part of it and everyone wins. Right. I would agree with you. And I'm so glad to hear that that's your approach to leadership. And I typically say this quite often, at least in my professional life, which is, this is that 
surrounding yourself with yes people ultimately is the lowest or the poorest form of leadership. And the, the reason being, as you have mm-hmm. described before, that you don't get a diverse set of ideas, a robust set of ideas, and that we shouldn't be afraid of people disagreeing with us, right? Because questioning and debating leads us to the best idea possible. But to surround yourself with yes people or sycophants, at the end of it all, what ends up happening is we end up kind of engaging groupthink. That might not necessarily be the best idea. And something that I remind people all the time, too, is that the opposition party, what do we call the opposition party? We call them the loyal opposition. And who are they loyal to? They're loyal to the government. And why are they loyal to the government? Because we all just want a better society. We want a better plan. We want a better this, whatever is being debated in some ways. And so, and what our listeners don't see is, you know, Retchi kind of nodding along, right? And I'm so glad to hear that that's how you lead, right? Is by bringing in different voices, filling in the gaps, seeing who fits with the team, and then being very democratic in how, you know, your office, you know, is going to help make decisions and stuff like that, or find a position on a particular topic or issue and stuff like that. That's not... The one thing I'll say just like to finish is just that I may set the tone, the vision, I may set the goal, Mm -hmm. but how we get there is not based on me. It's based on the people who I work with to get there. (laughs) And that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. 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 I think that to me, at least that comes loud and clear that you facilitate that so that everyone that's with you, as you had called it kind of like a brand, but I, I think of it as like a team because you represent or the spokesperson for a particular vision or set of values or a set of positions that you want to kind of take forward politically as well. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, Rechi, I am so glad that you've come on the podcast and to kind of share your political journey. And I am sure that there are going to be lots and lots of more questions for you, like, you know, as we probably will hear from our listeners and stuff like that. So before we end, I did want to kind of provide a fixing of the week as we usually do. And I think our fixing really overlaps and overlays well with what you've been saying, which is I think sometimes we think leadership is about being this charismatic individual at the front, but I think it's more than that. And I think you are proof positive of that. The fixing really is about leading means needing to listen first and then advocate after you finish listening. And it looks like you would agree, right? Like I think- 100%. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So you again, have to listen and yeah. engage. Yes. Yeah. 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 And so again, listeners, our fixing of the week for today's episode is really you want to lead, you need to listen first and then advocate. So I think that takes us to the end, Six. So I think you should take us out on this episode. Rachi, could you share with our listeners your social media so that we can have everyone on board listening and following your feeds? I'm on every single social media platform on earth minus TikTok. Yeah. So, you know, Instagram, Richie.Valdez or Twitter, Richie Valdez, LinkedIn, Facebook, like I'm, and YouTube. Like I have a channel where I post all of my, you know, longer storytelling videos and such. Mm. But I mean, I'm, I'm everywhere. I'm easy to find. And my office is located right in the heart of Streetsville on Maiden Lane. And anyone needs to uh, have a conversation with me, just reach out. You can call my office at 905-812-1811 or richie.valdez at parl.gc.ca. 
We will put all that in the show notes. Thank you so much. If you want to know more about our podcast and have questions that we can forward to this amazing honorable member of parliament from Streetsville, Mississauga. Well, I love saying it too. I agree. <laughs> Email us at holohollopopculture at gmail.com. We're on social media too. Our Twitter handle is at holohollopop and we're on Instagram at holohollopopculture. Finally, we receive editorial feedback from Mary Beth Badian. Our musical theme is by Chelts Ring and we'll see all of you guys again real soon. See you guys soon. Thank you, Rachi. Safe travels to Ottawa. Jez, yes, thank you so much.